Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Hello and welcome to the show tonight. I'm so glad you chose to join us. I think we're in for a delightful episode. The topic tonight, Becoming Free. And our guest tonight is Jean Adrian. We've had her on the show before, and we're most delighted to have her back. And we're going to bring Jean on in just a minute. I'm looking forward to this conversation. But um, I wanted to just touch a little bit on the notion of of this next chapter of our human story. And um, Jean and I were just chatting before the show started about how powerful these these years we're living right now, this these years now and perhaps the next decade or so, is such a pivotal point for our human condition. We're we're literally in the um what what could you say, the reprogramming of the collective consciousness. And uh you know, you don't come listening to shows like this. You don't tune into radio shows like this if you're if you're here to sit on your hands. If you're here to twiddle your thumbs, the the notion of this next chapter of our human story is about um, the, the power behind our human persona. And if if you don't have a sense of freedom, and perhaps a, a, from the perspective of personal sovereignty or a sense of dominion over your own consciousness you can't really tout yourself as being powerful because freedom and power are really interrelated. And uh, the, the the curious thing about um, this next chapter is is authenticity. Um, and, and perhaps you could um, call it integrity to yourself because... It, from my perspective, uh, authenticity allows you to be powerful over time. In other words, um, to to walk the the path that you're here to walk on, and to be a powerful persona, a powerful point of presence, if you will, of source consciousness, is to be able to stay centered and grounded periodically and it because there's ebb and flow to healing there's ebb and flow to creation um everything in nature has a cyclic patterning to it it's not that i mean you can stay centered and grounded by going in a cave and 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 uh meditating for the rest of your life and never speaking another word and you're centered and you're grounded and boy howdy and I don't want to discount that because when you raise your own consciousness, it's a very powerful effect in the collective. But many of us are here to write books. Many of us are here to create new paradigms. I mean, new paradigms, new education systems, new financial systems, new uh, methods of, of governing. Those are three very powerful sentences. And so when you go to... 
express yourself, and when you go to heal yourself, there's an invariable shift in energy. There's an invariable shift in your sense of self. And to be able to um, come back to groundedness, to come back to centeredness, I would suggest is a side effect of being authentic. And the, what I really like about authenticity is there's no rules. In, in other words, when you're authentic to who you are and I'm authentic to who I am, there's no stipulation about us being the same type of persona at all. Authenticity has no template at all. Authenticity comes from the inside. And so that's what I really like about our show tonight, Becoming Free. I really enjoy the notion of that topic. And 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 Jean brings such a, a compelling perspective to that. Um, uh, our guest tonight, Jean Adrian, is the creator of Innerspeak. Innerspeak is a tool for clearing limited beliefs and karmic and as ancestral blocks, which is, I suggest, some of the most powerful um, hindrances we can have to our persona. She's the author of five books, and she also has her own um, show herself. So not only is she our guest tonight, but she's also a host. Join me in welcoming Jean Adrian to the show. Welcome to the show, Jean. Kayla, thank you so much for having me back on your show because we always have such a great conversation when we do this <laughs> yes. kind of thing. Yes, we do. Well, uh, before we delve into this idea of becoming free, um, can you just give the audience uh, a snapshot of, of how you came to the point in your life where you're writing books about um, the the human persona, and you're you're creating your own show. How, how did you uh, come into this part of your life? Um, so a lot of people could say I went crazy, um, and and maybe I did uh, uh, because I I spent 30 years as a high tech sales executive in the corporate world, very successful at that. Had no earthly idea about spirituality at all, although I'd always been searching for the truth since I was a small child. You know, I would go to church every Sunday. It was obligatory in my family because I was raised in a very fundamentalist Christian family. And um, I asked way too many questions. I got kicked out of a lot of Sunday school classes because I kept knowing that there was more than what I was being taught and uh, nobody had the answers. And so I've been on a lifelong quest for those answers that took me uh, in, up to and including going to seminary. Um, at one point in my life, I was going to become a continuing deacon in the Episcopal Church. And even in seminary, I couldn't find the answers that I was looking for. Nothing seemed to really resonate. And finally, I discovered metaphysics. And boy, did that just blow my mind wide open. And um, I began reading everything I could get my hands on as far as metaphysics and studying um, ancient texts and such as that, just trying to learn and understand more because I really knew I was on the trail of truth um, when I did that. And... Um, and then I started hearing voices. I became, actually, I didn't really know what it was, but I became a conscious channel. Um, and I received this body of work, Interspeak, um, 
And the rest is history after that. You know, I mean, the, the voices haven't shut up. They're still, you know, they talk to me every day pretty much, more often than not in the shower or when I'm driving my car because in those times my mind is otherwise occupied um, and they can get through the chatter in my head better, I guess. Um, but that's really, you know, that's really how it all started, Liz. And uh, that I had that uh, spiritual illumination or awakening in 2002. And um been going, going strong ever since. Well, I like that. So when you talk about channeling, um, how would you identify the uh, persona that you channel? You know, in the beginning, when I first started hearing the voices, um, I had no idea. I didn't know anything about channeling, and I certainly didn't know what the rules were. Like, okay, you're supposed to ask who that is. You're only supposed to channel the light, you know, and things like that. I didn't know that, and um, I had no idea who it was that was giving me the information that I was getting other than the fact that it felt like I was in a love bath. Uh, I've never felt so loved and so held and um, so nurtured as when I was receiving inner speak. So you know, it never occurred to me that it could be anything other than good and wonderful because it it just felt amazing. I mean, I would sit at my computer and receive information. I do it through um, sort of, uh, you might call it automatic writing, but um, it's more conscious writing, but the information is flowing. And I would be sitting at my computer and typing the information I was hearing in my head and crying. Tears would just be pouring down my cheeks. Um, because when when I am in the flow, in the channel, um I'm all water signs, and so the tears flow. And that's one of the ways that I kind of know that I'm there. When the tears start flowing, I feel like, okay, brace yourself, Jane, because here it comes. You know? <laughs> well, it's probably good you're a water sign and not a fire sign. You might burst into flames <laughs> while you're <panicking. laughs> Exactly. Yeah, you might but, need a glass know, a of water, a water sign within reach. Right. Um, eventually, I did find out that um, I was receiving information from the family of Archangel Michael. Um, so that that is who I talked to. Um, and what that means, I'm not really sure, because I'm not really sure what Archangel Michael is, you know? Sure. Um, it, it's a symbol we've assigned uh, infinite potential being. <laughs> yeah, and then he will tell me, he said, you know, you you give credence to angels and, and you know you identify them all by how they feel or how they, what color you see when you're whatever. Said, but do you not realize that we're all just a part of you because you're all there is? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah. So I don't know, I don't know what he is. Um, but, but what he brings to us is very positive information for the upliftment of the human species. Yeah, that's, you know, we've we've had so many people on the show and, and many channelers, and it's, mm-hmm. it's really quite clear as souls, um, as souls come into planet Earth to incarnate, we really set ourselves up. I mean, we... I, to to agree to incarnate into such a karmic tsunami, if you will, um, mm. we knew it was going to be a challenge. But I think as souls, we set it up where we would have these sources of information, sources of support. And I think channeling is is a very clear uh, representation of how we 
set ourselves up to get the information we need to really awaken to the truth of who we are. Yeah, because, you know, um, we're all part of that divine mind, if you want to call it God, um, whatever. I mean, we can we can always try to put names on things, but as soon as you put a name on it, you put it in a box. So sure. I'm almost really hesitant to put a, you know, to, to put a name on it. But um, we, the information is all there. It's all inside of us. Right. And we just have to open up to be able to hear it. Right. Well, so if we're, I mean, the topic of the show tonight is becoming free. And, and a lot of times I think in, our, in, our collect, in the collective consciousness or society as a whole, we'll, we'll uh, be raised with terms like God or um, truth or um, free or freedom. And sometimes we don't really understand the context. I mean, the, uh, perhaps the bigger picture behind such simple words. Because, like, for example, here in the United States, compared to the rest of the world, oh, my God, are we free in the sense of of uh, the the rights and privileges we have as being citizens mm-hmm. compared to the more uh, dominant nations, but if we step off the planet and 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 take a big step back to the to the uh, potential of our soul, if you will, there's not really a lot of uh, well publicized. Um, heroes, if you will, in our mythology that really demonstrates a sense of freedom. So to to delve into the topic of becoming free, how would you even describe the term free or freedom? You know, it, it it's really not describable, um, but maybe uh, I think it's one of the things that if you ask any, you know, any citizen on the street um, about freedom, they'll all tell you they want it. So I think it's something that um, is generic to all of us. We want to be free. But uh, almost immediately we, get, we begin to put limitations on freedom. For example, um, if you ask somebody what they want with respect to money, Many times they will say, I want financial security. And if you sort of dissect financial security, what that really means is just enough money to pay my bills every month, you know, Um, to not have to worry about not being able to meet my obligations. Whereas if they were to relanguage that into what I really want is financial freedom, which means that there's no issue at all around finances. That there are no blocks. You know, everything is exactly where I want it. I could pluck it out of thin air. You know, I mean, I'm free. I don't have to worry about money. Sure. Wouldn't that be better than financial security? Well, if if indeed they had reached that state, then the term financial could even drop out of the phrase, and instead of financial exactly. freedom, just raw, raw freedom. Exactly. So I guess in my opinion, what it, to answer what is freedom, it's emptiness. 
it's not not having to worry about anything. It's is and it goes back to your topic of authenticity. When we are in our authenticity and our integrity, when we know what our truth is, we're free. I like that. The you know the um in in the mythology there's there's these um classic um deities like perhaps Jesus so there's all these people that are that are hungry and he snaps his finger and out of the thin air it become here comes food for any feeds mm-hmm. the mass and uh and the point i'm getting at here is um i mean so often and Thank God. So often, um, the the topic of metaphysics and and quote spirituality is healing. Is healing ourselves. Is it's mm-hmm. shedding the pain of the past. It's shedding the the dogma of what we've ingested perhaps into our uh, persona. But I like to flip things over. I, there's this vision that comes to my head where you wake up in the morning and after you've uh, pounded a, enough coffee to become coherent. Uh, you have a big <laughs> roll of like uh, paper, and you can pull it out on a table, and and you trust you trust your ability to manifest so exquisitely that that you you think of a need of humanity, um, perhaps a, a, a orphanage for uh, home uh, for orphans and so in that moment you're inspired and you you paint on this paper the the business model the the dimensional aspect of the of a building the i mean you create an orphanage on so many different levels and you pull the sheet again and here's another blank slate right in front of you mm-hmm. And you pray to the divine and you say, show me another vision that will help humanity. And when you have that confidence of manifestation, that whenever you put ink to paper, it will become so, then the freedom becomes powerful. The, the freedom to like transcend the, the old paradigm, if you will. When when you look, so I guess um, when you look at the mythology of humanity, are there personas that um, exemplify the the notion of of freedom and how it relates to power? Well, you know, I think you you picked the one um, you know that I would use, and that would be Jesus, um, and. You know, he made some pretty strong promises um, in the writings that we have that are um, supposed to have come from him. He said, I came that you should have life and you should have it abundantly. And he never once said that we should have to struggle to pay our bills or that we should have to exist with pain or disease. In fact, he healed people. When when people came up to him and asked for healing, he he set them free from whatever that belief was. I truly believe that he could look at somebody and see the perfection of their being. And what he saw that, he just held space for the people to get it. And then they were healed. They could pick up their bed and walk away or whatever. 
Um, you know, so I think that maybe they might be metaphors. You know, who knows um, uh, if that really happened or not. I personally believe that most of it did. But, um, and I say most, because there were human hands that were involved in, in translating the oral tradition down to paper and translating it from its original language into English. Um, you know, so, you know, the little game of gossip, <laughs> there's a lot of room for, wiggle room for change to happen in there. But um, I believe that this was set up for us to see this, to understand what the possibilities are. You talked about creating right. the orphanage on a big piece of paper. You know, that's like working with a 3D printer, you know? Sure, yeah. Because you absolutely manifest from nothing with a 3D printer. And who's to say oh when you do that, um, that drawing on your piece of paper for the orphanage, that at that same moment in time, somewhere in the universe, that that orphanage didn't appear. Now, we can attach to an outcome. We, we put it down on paper and we expect it to manifest in our personal immediate reality. But that's not our purview to say it doesn't manifest somewhere. Oh, sure. And I believe yeah, that. Yeah, everything... Everything starts in 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 uh, thought first. All of creation happens energetically before the atoms move or are created. You know, it's funny you you mentioned a three D printer. Um, I got one for myself a while back, and boy, did it kick my butt! I mean, it so mangled <laughs> my brain because I. Um, How did this happen? <laughs> well, it. I mean, so. It, just imagine getting up on the internet and you're Googling uh, 3D, uh, 3D things. So you want something for your house. It doesn't matter, a, a coaster, or whatever. So you're Googling, you're you're searching on the internet uh, what you want, and there you see it. So it's just an image on your computer screen. You click download, and you load it into the printer, and you click print, and you go get another cup of coffee, and you come back, and now it's in physical form in front of you. Yeah. And, and then, I think that's designed to show us that we can manifest anything. Well, it's so jacked with my mind. And then I got a program where I could design in 3D, so I could mm -hmm. conjure up crap out of thin air and poof it, make it in physical form. And then I realized my mind was the the next thing that was limiting, and so I had to I soak it in vinegar to try to stretch it. I pound organic whiskey to try to subdue it, and, and I realized I was I was the the block of it, the potential of this thing that I bought. I mean, because it would mirror anything that I could conjure up. So when we when we talk about um, freedom, what gets what gets in our way? I mean, what what's the what are we looking for to make ourselves more free? You just answered that question a second ago, Les. We gotta let go yeah. of ourselves. You know? That's oh, okay. It. You got it. You got it. And the big bugaboo, if you will, is our fear and our limiting beliefs. You know, all of these paradigms that we've had laid on us since probably before we were born, but certainly from the moment of birth, you know, um, the, the baby in the crib starts getting imprinted by the parent, and, uh, and then 
after that, then the nursery school teachers and the kindergarten teachers and then the friends and then the school and then the government and then the church, you know, until we don't even know who we are. By the time we become an adult, we don't know who, you know, what is our integrity, what is our authenticity, because there's so many layers of everybody else laid on top of us. So how can well, you become I, free? You've got to get rid of all that stuff. I, I really, I really like and appreciate what you're saying. So, so say perhaps I'm sitting here listening to this audio, and if I if I check into my persona, if I check into myself, it's so easy to feel quote normal. I mean, we go through our day, we do our thing. I mean. If I'm not feeling active fear in the moment, how can fear be an element that's controlling me? Well, um, what happens is it, it doesn't necessarily look, taste, or feel like fear. It is just something that's telling you in the back of your mind, you can't do that. You don't want to do that. You shouldn't do that. You're not allowed to do that. Um, you can't be that. Um if you do, this was going to happen, you know, and, and these are, they're so insidious that they, they just happen. Um, I, I have a, a, a person who does my work, uh, one of my a practitioner teachers, and this person contacted me um, today to tell me that they have a new client. And it's a new very wealthy client, uh, you know, uh, could end up being a potential area of of um, a profit center, if you will, uh, and uh, and I, I believe that the work will help this person. Um, but this practitioner said, "Now I'm really concerned because what if I make a mistake that causes this client to be worse off than it was before, or?" What if I get sued because I do the inner speak work with this client or, you know, and, and started this whole long list of what ifs. And I just had to shake my head. I'm like, where did that come from? You know, um, because right. this person yeah. probably as good at my work as I am. In fact, when I get stuck, I go to this person. And I say, okay, I want to pay you to work on me because I've hit a wall of what I can get to for myself because of my own limiting beliefs, and would you be interested? And, and there are not very many of the people that I've trained that I will do that with. Right. Um, and, you know, and I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? And something happened with this particular potential client that triggered this mm, outcropping of fear about sure. – personal capabilities, you know, out of nowhere. No different than your 3D printer printed a, uh, a poster for you. Well, this person's 3D printer printed this mountain of fear that was yeah. about to keep this practitioner from accepting that client. Right. Well, so, it, yeah. you know, it's a, it, humanity is really um, um, the heart of humanity is hungry for a a more authentic story, a more 
uh, genuine, if you will, vector or tangent for us in mm-hmm. into the future. And um, the, for, for the vast majority of humanity on this planet, we see ourselves as like uh, citizens, and we're we're yes. we're a ant on an ant hill, if you will. We're we're part yeah, of this really big. Yeah, somebody I know big, wrote a book about that. <laughs> We're we're the we're we're part of a society, and yeah. and yet the the heart of humanity is very hungry for powerful and bold souls, the the brave hearts to step to step up, and cast the vision of a new paradigm, and mm-hmm. and to to think in a powerful way, to think in a um. Uh, tra- in a transcendence, if you will, of the old paradigm, is just not a mainstream attribute that is that that is talked about much, let alone um, reinforced in our society. So when you go to um, when you, I c- 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 we've been talking about um, how fear can seem dormant in ourselves, where. It's not always obvious how we're programmed, but for, like for myself, when you go to be more powerful than you were, and like you were saying with that client, she had reached a new level, a, a new tier, if you will, of of performance or whatever, and and it it's like once we create momentum in our life, that's when a lot of the fear can be pulled from the subconscious where we're not aware of it into our conscious space. So what do we do with fear when we go to take action and that fear crops up? Because isn't there a healthy fear? I mean, if I'm going to go out and play in the center lane of the interstate and my (laughs) brain says, hey, you know, (laughs) I'm no sproctologist, but I'm going to make you afraid for a very good reason. How do how do we work with fear in a healthy way if some is good and some some fear is detrimental? Well, you know, it all just is. Um, and so we have to acknowledge it. We have to basically, you know, it sounds like a kind of a tried, um, an old sort of metaphor, but we have to face it. Um, and we have to process it. We can choose to not agree with it, but we've got to power through it. And when we get to the place where we really um, are more deeply connected to our authenticity and our truth, it comes less. Because most of the fear, you know, there's some, like you said, there's some fears that do protect us, like, you know, the saber-toothed tiger um, fear. Uh, You know, you, you come across one of those bad guys, you want to not be there, you know. Um, But the little fears or the almost insurmountable fears um, that are not a result of the present moment, um, those are the ones that that I think really throw the monkey wrench into the whole situation. So I guess the first place that we have to start is by getting into the present moment and ask the question, is this something that is true right now, this very second? Or am I processing something from the past and projecting it onto the future, which is not the present moment? 
So we've got to get clear about that first. Second, we've got to really get clear on who we are, which means we've got to shed all of the stuff that we've picked up, certainly from our birth, but maybe even from other lifetimes and our ancestors and our DNA, um, all of the beliefs that are really not our truth. And I may have told this story on your show when I've been a guest for you before. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to run the risk by repeating it, but I sort of got the message that I needed to do that some years ago. And the process that I undertook to try to figure out my truth was I got a, a big yellow legal pad. And I started making a list of everything that I believed. And it took me about a month to do that. And at the end of that time, I had filled an entire legal pad with just random beliefs. Um, you know, like the grass is green and I'm going to wake up tomorrow. And, you know, but some of them were a lot more meaty than that. Um, and when I hit the end of the pad, I went back to the beginning and in the margin, the left-hand margin, I tried to remember where I first heard that. Who did I pick that up from? Was it my mother, my father, you know, a teacher, something I heard on TV? Maybe I didn't even know. And so I went through the whole entire legal pad, and that's a lot of beliefs, and tried to identify where I first heard that belief. And then finally, I went back through the last path, and I pondered each one of the beliefs. And uh, I was like, okay, wait a minute. Do I truly believe this today? Is this really a part of me? And if it wasn't, I took a Sharpie and lined through it. And at the end of that right. day, I think I had 14 beliefs that I could really resonate with and that I was sure that that was part of my makeup were those 14 beliefs. And that really kind of helped me get very clear on what my core values were and who I really was. And then I was able to go, and one of my, one of my big ones, my top number one thing is honesty and integrity. And so what I realized from that was two things. One is I can never tell a lie again. You know, if it's coming out of my mouth, it has to be the truth. And I have to be very conscious of every, every word and even every thought. Because the person I lied to the most was myself. Sure. You know, so that was a huge thing for me. And the second is, if I ever find out that you're not honest, then you can't be part of my reality anymore. And there's no second chance on that one. You know, I mean, somebody lies to me, that's it. Um, because honesty and integrity is so important to me that unless I'm in alignment with that, what's the point? Yeah. You know, and so that really started the shifting of my life. And and more often than not, because it's an inside job, more often than not, like I said, I was not honest with myself. So I had to really clean my act up as far as being honest with myself and staying in integrity. Um, with myself. And then after that, you know, the law of attraction worked, so I began to attract to me fewer and fewer people who were not in integrity. Right. Well, you know, the, um, 
a lot of times um, our soul will show us a, a vision for our life where we're uh, to create a whole new chapter. You talked about working in the tech industry mm-hmm. and not having an inkling of metaphysical demeanor in your persona, and then the cosmic two-by-four cracks you open, to use a pun. The, uh, yep. So as a listener... Uh, say we're listening to the show, uh, our soul can show us this idea of what our future looks like, where we're taking on this new uh, role, this new persona, this new function, if you will. Perhaps we're writing a screenplay or speaking in public or um, whatever. The and and what I'm getting at here is so often the the new paradigm is so contrary to our past that the ego can have a – I mean, the ego wants to see every damn step of the way. I don't want to start the mm-hmm. journey until I can see the end. But what mm-hmm. I'm getting at here as it relates to fear is we can sit on our ass and – hold a fear of what our soul's uh, vision looks like because it might be such a tangent. But until we reconcile our relationship with fear, um, we're not going to perhaps be able to engage the potential because our soul can show us some pretty big-ass visions. Uh, What I'm getting at is in order to... um, if if I'm not experiencing something, I can't become intuitive with it because it's like through action or through flow, in, new information shows up. So I guess what I'm getting at here is if if I want to heal my relationship with fear, I don't have to do it with this gigantic transition of my whole life path. I can... I can experience fear in a much smaller scale, like going to the open mic night at the bar or doing karaoke mm-hmm. and and put myself in a position that I wouldn't normally choose because I had a underlying sense of fear. And by doing it on a small scale, I can feel the fear come up, and now I have a chance to become intuitive about it, whereas if I just stay on my ass, and I just look at the big vision and I go, hell, I don't know how that's going to happen. I'm not healing my relationship with fear. So when you, when you talk about releasing fear and, and um, paradigms, um, how, when, we feel, when we feel the fear come up, how do we, how do we transform it or heal it? You know, I, I think the example that you just gave about open mic night is a really highly evolved way of dealing with fear. Most of us are not that highly evolved, and what happens is the opportunities come to have a more um, higher vibrational resonance with fear, and we pass them by because we, we don't even see them. And so what ends up happening is we go unconsciously into something that's a really um, Mack truck uh, uh, relationship with fear, like we'll develop a disease. 
and get into the fear of dying, or we will use loss um, in order to understand it. And these are these are all valid ways of dealing with fear. Unfortunately, they're not sustainable, and they're not high vibrational. So we can begin to look at the process from a higher vibrational standpoint um, and do things like you're saying, um, eat that elephant one bite at a time. Do it some way small to face the fear. Another way to do it is because we're multidimensional beings. We operate in so many different realities. We express ourselves in so many ways that if we're conscious, we can go to the level of our soul. We can invite our higher self to process fear in a higher vibrational place, in another dimension, and then reflect what that looks like back down to us here on the earth plane. I know that sounds pretty esoteric, but it really no, works. I like, I like it. I mean, we are multidimensional beings, and if we can't even language that crap, how are we going to master it? I mean, I, and, right. you know, I mean, this kind of brings us to the vessel. Um, I, I love this segue because um, we're talking about this human experience where, where mm-hmm. the 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 evolution of our human persona, if you will. I mean, we're going to go through a lot of changes in our own demeanor in, in a very organic way. I mean, say, for example, um, DNA. Um, how do you how do you see our DNA changing as as humanity? I mean, I don't think we can elevate our consciousness without bringing our body along. And when we raise exactly. our vibration, when we raise our vibration, our body responds in kind. How does how does DNA fold into that? So um, again, I, I believe that our DNA holds that connection to the divine mind, if you will, because inside our DNA, in my opinion, is all the information about everything that has ever happened, ever. It's all there in our DNA. It's been passed down to us from the beginning of soul differentiation. And each of us has access to that information, I believe, like the Akashic Records, in my opinion, they're stored in our DNA. Our DNA is changing now with this upliftment of light that's coming onto the planet. It's turning our DNA into something new and different. You know, I think that it's too soon um, to really uh, have the scientific medical mm, answer to this question, but my guess is that we're going to find out some years down the line, maybe not that many, that the children that are being born today have a, a completely different human DNA structure than what you or I have. You know, I mean, people talk about crystal kids and rainbow kids and that kind of thing. I think that eventually when they begin to start looking at their DNA, they're going to find that there's there's different. There's more there. It's not the same. I don't exactly know how it would be different, but I know that it is different. And, in fact, even through my channeling, you know, many years ago, well before its time, um, my guides told me, that at some point in the evolution of the human species, we had 144 strands of DNA, not just two. 
and that we lovingly shared DNA with another species that was dying. They rendered themselves sterile. And they came here looking, you know, looking all around the galaxies, the universes, or whatever, um, for the, the appropriate species to work with. And they found the Garden of Eden with these beautiful humans that had 144 strands of DNA. And they thought to themselves, hmm, okay, there's enough for them and us both. And they were able to heal their complete species by working with us. And they left. And when they left, we had two strands of DNA. And, you know, since that time, ever how long ago that was, we've been fat, dumb, and happy, not realizing that we had given away anything. You know, I mean, who knows? But in the divine plan, there's no such thing as loss. Everything is created, was created all at once, and has existed um, in every reality. So... There's no loss. So if we had 144 strands of DNA at one point, we can find them because they're in another dimension, another one of our dimensional aspects still has all 144. And all you've got to do is ask and intend that you be given back all your DNA. Right. And associated with each strand of DNA is some attribute of Christ consciousness, a gift that we haven't known that we had. But it's time now for us to reclaim all of that stuff, to stand in our power, to become the new human that you talk about in your work. And that new human maybe even has more than 144 strands of DNA. I don't know. But it's, it's completely right. well, different. It, it, it's such a, a vast dynamic of potentials that our future holds. I mean, the... Um, so we've got about um, about 10 minutes left. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, I mean, we've been talking about overcoming fear and we've been talking about the um, reprogramming perhaps of our, of our DNA or the upgrading of our human vessel. Um, uh, a lot of times there's um, a lot of, energy going on in the planet where we'll get um, perhaps some people call them downloads or an immense amount of energy that comes into our experience how do we how do we work with energy when when um, it amps up so much how do we integrate that you know um I would say, and you're the um, the electrical um, engineer genius, right? I would say we we do this by grounding that energy, by staying fully grounded at a conscious level onto this planet. I mean, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. I know that's a trite statement, um, but it's so true. And we tend to, as... as um, you know, metaphysical, spiritual, whatever, we tend to operate out in the ethers a lot, not inside our bodies. So in order to, to process and take advantage of all this energy that's flowing onto the planet, the best way to do is to ground, is to make sure that you are um, fully connected to the earth, that you intentionally put down roots and spread them out wide, like 50 feet in every direction, you know, like a giant oak tree, um, 
so that the energy can flow into your body because it, it does come into your body and flow through your body and do what it does and then ground. Because until you ground electricity, it's just potential, right? Sure. So if well, you that... want to take that potential and make it be something um, that you can work with, you've got to ground it. Yeah, I like that. It's uh, um, Grounding is is uh, <laughs> a way to keep your sanity, if you will. It in, Because if you don't ground, um, you can get um, etherical, and mm-hmm. uh, you can't integrate that energy. When So when you talk about um, um, all these factors, uh, as, I mean, we've talked about quite a collage of, of human elements, if you will. Um, how would you... Um, how important would you say um, being impeccable is? So it's probably the, in my opinion, the utmost important thing that we can do um, because you can't create the reality that you want and desire. Um, like you can't fully utilize your 3D printer for reality unless you are in complete alignment with your truth. So that's where impeccability comes in. You first got to figure out what is your truth, and then you've got to be 100% in alignment with it. And when you are there, then you don't have to worry about untangling your mind from the possibilities that can exist in that 3D printer that's creating reality for you because you're only going to be creating from the truth that is you in that moment. And I have to say in that moment because we are works in process and as we raise our consciousness, our truth expands geometrically along with that. So, right. so we can't stay stagnant. But I mean, but how do we, I mean, um, uh, the integrity of ourselves um, to to be impeccable with ourselves. Um, many of us don't know what the hell we want, or we. I mean, there's a lot of people that don't have a very solid sense of self. I mean, what right. are some practices or or uh, uh, advice as far as how do we how do we d- discover who the hell we are? You know, it's an inside job. Uh, for sure, and I mean what the basic, you can't do it outside. Practice, I mean, you can't look outside yourself to figure out who you are. Right. If you're okay. looking horizontally, you're looking in the wrong place. It's a vertical thing. It's it's between you and source. And I mean, really, that simple exercise of working with a legal pad and figuring out what it is you think you believe is is a really good way. To begin, if you've never done that before, man, I highly recommend it. It was life-changing for me. So that would well, be the first thing that I would throw out to people. Well, how do we know if we're doing it right? I mean, um, how do you weigh, so you come up with some notion, how do you weigh that to know its integrity or if you're, if you you're moving to. towards impeccability? I don't know that you need to, Les, because... It just has to do with doing it, you know, starting somewhere. You know, it's like you're saying you can just sit on your hands and do nothing, uh, in which case you'll never figure it out, or 
start somewhere, start small, eat that elephant one bite at a time. You know, that that's can keep continually moving forward. And, you know, the biggest thing that works now is asking. Asking and intending. Ask the universe to support you in knowing what is your truth. I mean, the the masters of all the ages have, have said, have told us over and over again, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened unto you. That's Jesus. But all the other masters have said that too, and we've never believed them. And now the consciousness of this, and we didn't believe them, I think, because the consciousness of the planet didn't support, mass consciousness couldn't support that energy, but it will now. And you can manifest so fast from your truth, and you can also manifest so fast from your fear. You think it is happening, just like that 3D printer. So it's very important that we focus on what we truly want and not put any attention or energy on the things that we're afraid of or the things we don't want to happen. Because the universe doesn't know the difference between um, not and, and yes. You know, if you, if you think it, it's going to make it happen, whether it's good, better, and different. So, you know, I guess that, that's what I would offer up for that one. But just do something, you know. Keep moving forward and ask. And just keep asking that you be taken to the highest um, vibrational place. Does that make sense? I like that. Sure, yeah. Well, um, so so take the example of uh, perhaps your soul is showing you a, a vision for your life and, and your ego is kind of squirming a little bit because it's outside <laughs> of your comfort zone. Um, a lot of times the, the vision of our life can be a... Um, uh, I want to say like an etherical idea of potential, not that it couldn't mm-hmm. be created verbatim, but um, what I'm getting at here is um, how does an ego, how does how does our mind, our, our busy mind, engage a journey where we don't know the path? I mean, how do you how do you um, traverse or or transform perhaps into the person you are or the person you become excuse me when the uh when the vision is fulfilled because i mean you know, because I here would... we are now and and the vision is etherical and then time will transpire and in the future we will be the personification of that how do you how do you teach the ego to to make that transition with a, a little more spring in that step. What I what I do, and take what you want and leave the rest, but what I do is I look at where I want to be and I set my intention and I start moving in that direction and I ask Spirit to assist me to get to that place or something better. And Spirit always comes back to me and says, and... So it is. And remember, Gene, how is not your job. Right. How is and so not I just, your it's, job. It's, it, the answer is surrender. The, the bottom line right. is surrender. 
You have to surrender into it. You have to completely let go and go back to that empty place of trusting that the universe is going to provide for you, and the universe right. always will. I like that. It's, well, Jean, it's been such a great conversation. I want to make sure our audience knows how to get your books and work with you. Can you take some time and, and lay out the whole the whole uh, package of your books and your cards and working with you so they know how to engage your material? Sure. Well, the bottom line is my website is Jean Adrian, J-E-A-N-A-D-R-I-E-N-N-E dot com. Um, you can find me on Facebook. It's Jean Adrian Miller, or they can just search Jean Adrian, and they'll find me there on Facebook as well. I have a Facebook fan page, which is www.inner-speak.com, and um, all of my books and cards are available on Amazon. Um, that's really your best deal because if you're a Prime member, you don't have to pay shipping. Um, and they usually discount stuff on Amazon, so it's cheaper than buying it on my website. You could certainly get them on my website. Um, and I do a, uh, a video show every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. It's called Power Talk. It's on my Facebook fan page, the Interspeak page, as well as NewEarthTelevision.com. And Les, you're going to be my guest. 1st of June, I think it's June the 3rd. It's every Monday night at 7 o'clock. So go like me on Facebook. Um, go to jeanadrian.com and sign up for my newsletter, and I'll send you back a link for a free subscription to the online version of my Interspeak card so that you can do clearings on yourself, um, the privacy of your home, on your computer. And if you don't like my newsletter, you can opt out at any time and still keep using the cards online. Uh, that's my gift to everyone. Well, Jean, an hour it. goes by. I, I'm glad you shared that. An hour goes by pretty fast. Do you have any closing thoughts for us? Yeah, the biggest thing is, you know, it's all about accountability and responsibility. And people who take responsibility for their lives are able to perfectly create the reality they desire. Well, I like that. I want to I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. It's been such a delightful conversation. It's been great having you back on the show. I always enjoy chatting with you, Les, and thank you very much for giving me this opportunity. We've been talking with Jean Adrian, and the topic tonight has been becoming. You know, it's a it's a powerful thing to show up for your own life path, your own life purpose, your soul. Before you're even born, your soul conjured up this vision for your life. And the, the, the crazy thing is our free will decides whether it happens or not. And we can, we can go, we can so get so fully engaged in our ego, in our mind, that we kind of pinch out our heart and our soul. We literally consume all of our consciousness as we go through the day. But there's a real uh, power and value in teaching your ego how to slow down and then trust the vision of your heart and your soul. There, um, there's, a, there's a level of satisfaction that happens in your life when your ego actually fulfills, fulfills through action the, the inspiration and the impulse that you get as you go throughout your day. 
hey, you know what? You showed up for yourself. You've listened to this episode. That's a sign that you're supporting your own growth, and I applaud you in that. Hey, it's my pleasure bringing you powerful episodes to help awaken the power in you. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Thanks for listening. Until next time. This has been a New Human Living radio broadcast. You can raise your own personal power with Personal Power Fundamentals Home Study Course at NewHumanLiving.com. Thanks for listening. 